Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say in every episode, we've got a great one for you. We have Maggie Ball coming on. She's doing, she's done some great things, and I think she's going to do some really big things in the future. So, um, so we're looking forward to hearing parts of her story and talking some music. So Maggie, are you here? Hi, how are you? I'm doing good, and yourself? I'm doing great. And Sandy, are you here? Make sure my wife is here. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm okay. here. <laughs> she didn't say nothing beforehand. So, okay. Right. We're, we're on phones just like you. Two, right. <laughs> we're just in two different rooms while we do this so we don't get feedback. Mm-hmm. So I like to start the same way I always start with every episode, with the big elephant in the room. How has COVID affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through this? <laughs> Well, honestly, I was touring so much, and then all the shows got canceled. And obviously, just like everyone else, we're all going through so much. And I've been, I've been able to take some time off and really just find what it means to be happy. And it's, it's been, honestly, I'm very fortunate to still be able to be so positive about it. And I've been oh, writing wow. music. I've been working on my craft, just really honing in and falling in love with music again without anything that's artificial. And I'm really blessed to be able to say quarantine has probably been a really good thing for me. And I know not a lot of people mm-hmm. are able to say that, but um, <laughs> it's, it hasn't been too shabby. It could be a lot worse. That's like with us, you know, when, you know, we launched this show January 3rd. And the original plan yeah. was – the original plan was 80 to 100 interviews first year, and we thought, you know, that would be really good if we could hit mm-hmm. 100 interviews. Very few hosts can say that that did that they did 100 interviews first year, so that was our plan. And then yeah. COVID happened, and I remember telling Sandy, I was like, um, "Could be our time to shine. There'll never be another year like this. At least I hope mm-hmm. not, anyway. But there'll never be another year oh, like yeah. this. We need mm-hmm. to step it up, and because this this could be our moment." to show the world what we can do. And we stepped it up. And because of that, um, I think you are are like our 212th interview this year now. That's incredible. Congrats to you guys. Well, thank you. Thank uh, you. And and now, of course, our goal is 300. I mean. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) shooting for 300. (laughs) So um, as we get started, one of the things I like to do is get, go to the light before we really dig deep. What are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? And now that you've been able to slow down, you probably have found a few. <laughs> yeah, I actually am a Jeep girl. I love driving in my Jeep. Um, I found a secret love for baking. I'm super oh, artsy, wow. so it's really so funny that I learned how to decorate and bake cakes. <laughs> I'm not very good at oh. cooking, so it's just like this little hidden talent that I found. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say is something quirky about you oh my gosh I am such a goofball like I <laughs> love socks I never match my socks like I am such a goof <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool so tell everybody a little bit about who you are where you're from and kind of a brief background story your backstory a little bit well my name is Maggie <laughs> Um, I'm 20 years old, and I currently live in Nashville, but I am from South Florida. Um, I started playing violin when I was eight years old and started on classical music, and then I started getting bullied in middle school and kind of turned to writing music um, as a form of coping, and 
I mm-hmm. fell in love with country music. My dad is from West Texas, so that's kind of how that fell in love. <laughs> and Texas I started, country, yeah. Just, yeah, just started playing some little <laughs> little rounds and um, just started playing little rounds around around my hometown, playing little festivals. And then when I graduated high school two years ago, I moved straight to Nashville, and now I'm a singer songwriter and uh, write my own tunes. <laughs> <laughs> So how has Nashville been for you so far? Nashville, I have been able to uh, meet some incredible people and be able to like perform out, and, and it's just it's been able to be like engrossed around the music all the time. <laughs> yeah, because we're it's looking really forward a to world. Every, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, I was going to say that we look forward to Nashville, too. We live in Savannah, Georgia, so we understand about yes. you saying South Florida. We understand being away from the coast, but we're moving to wow. Nashville next year. Yes. Well, congrats. Where are you guys moving? Not sure yet. We're still looking. Um, it's probably going to be one of the outskirts, a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, probably so. <laughs> well, hey, Tennessee is literally beautiful. Oh, yeah, we, we, we definitely that. love we, it up We've there. been to other parts of Tennessee, so we're excited. We can't wait. Oh, it's it's gorgeous. Um, if you guys move out out west, it's beautiful. What one thing mm-hmm. I love about Tennessee is that literally, no matter where you go, it's gorgeous. <laughs> you know, like I always <laughs> tell people, my hardest part would be because I've you know I've been a coastal guy on pretty much all my life. I mean, we my parents moved to Savannah when I was fourteen. And wow. all I've known, and I'm 49 now, so all I've known is the coast. And and our, as a family, yeah. we go down to Jacksonville a lot, uh, to go to Charleston mm-hmm. a lot. So that's going to be the part, because we take a lot of day trips, Sandy and I, with our two kids Love down that. to Jacksonville we and do. Charleston. Yes. So mm-hmm. those will be gone when we move to Nashville. So that's, that's going to be the part. Well, it's so funny. <laughs> I'm from South Florida, and I grew up a mile mm-hmm. away from the beach. And I never went – so funny. I never went to the beach. But I uh, loved moving to Nashville because I was a lake girl. Not really an ocean girl, but I loved the lake, yeah. which is really fun here. And then also, there's seasons. Growing up in South Florida, there's literally – it's nothing but hot trees <laughs> all the time. And no right. I really remember – yeah, I can literally remember the first yeah. time, my first fall here. Um, uh-huh. I almost was so bad. I almost got into a wreck on the highway because I was literally looking at all the trees, and they were yellow and orange. And I was like, this is so, so different from anything <laughs> that I have ever seen before. I was like, I'm going mm-hmm. to die on this highway because I have never wow. seen this before. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I look like such an out-of-towner. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, but I definitely get where you're coming from because, you know, her, Sandy's from Kentucky, and so oh, we yes, go up there a lot. Oh, yes, and I miss the autumn there with the changing of the leaves and, and everything. So, And many times yeah, we're up yeah. there during, this, during that season, and so, yeah, I see the changes, and it is beautiful. Oh, yes. Tennessee's beautiful. <laughs> so at what age, you know, you know, I know you probably have always wanted to do music, but what age and yeah. that moment that you kind of looked in the mirror and you thought, this could actually be a career for me? Wow. I've never been – I don't think I've ever been asked that question. I kind of just uh, 
I love performing and being able to share my stories and experiences. And I don't, I don't do it for the fame or like the fame yeah. or anything. I, I'd get up there mm-hmm. and sing in my pieces if my manager would let me. I just love the fact that music can bring a whole lot of people together and kind of make everyone just forget about the issues going on in the world. Do you know what I mean? And I, yeah. I've been so fascinated with mm-hmm. that and. I love performing. I love entertaining and just being able to do that for people. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I think I've always been like that. I don't think I've, I've ever had a point where it's just like. I, I mean, I've had points in my life where it's like, this is what I want to do. That I didn't go to college. Yeah. I'm actually pursuing music 100. Mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. So I've had moments like that, but I've always been such a entertainer and goofball with everything I do <laughs> that it's kind of just like second mm-hmm. nature to me to do it on to do it on a stage. <clears throat> Yeah, definitely understand. And we and we get what y'all are coming going through because it, you know we are doing this show and we've got the same kind of dreams and goals and all that that artists mm-hmm. have, but on a different scale. You know, on a different platform, basically. So you know, we're trying to make this crazy music business work while y'all are trying to make this crazy artistry work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, who's been some of your musical influences as you were growing up, and have they changed since? Yeah. So, it's so funny. I actually started playing violin, and I grew up on classical music. So, I would say classical music definitely influenced me. And then, in, in around when I was 11 or 12, that's when I started writing music. I love mm-hmm. Lindsay. Wow. I think she's fantastic. Not only mm-hmm. her head, like where her head's at, as far as her craft and she was on America's Got Talent, and she was told that her craft was silly. She would never make it, and she's probably <laughs> one of the biggest independent artists, like, selling out. She's incredible. I literally just – she's amazing. I've seen her a bunch of times. Like, she's amazing. So her moral ethics and just everything about her talent, and she's a sweetheart. Like, she's a really big influence for me. Um, obviously, oh, cool. Harley Daniels. I, I, got, mm-hmm. I was so fortunate to be able to play with him when I was 13 on stage, and that 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 oh, was yeah. actually on YouTube. Um, if you just type in my name and Charlie's name, it'll come up. But uh, yeah, it's just it's <laughs> amazing. I was so blessed to be able to have that experience, and it broke my heart when I heard that he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. You know the feeling. Because mm-hmm. we never got a chance to interview him, which would have been cool. Yeah. Oh, gosh, he's awesome. So, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, violin, yeah. obviously, huge influences for me. I love Dan and Shay. I, I connect a lot more with the male vocalist, which is so funny, because mm-hmm. I love, like, Gary from Rasta Flats, like, the runs that he does with his voice. Absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. Shay, Dan wow. and Shay, oh, my gosh. He's <laughs> an insane singer. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. We definitely love all of those. Um, <clears throat> now, as you know, being an up-and-coming artist and trying to strive to keep – and not necessarily go after your dreams, but just to go after – even it be a career level. There are a lot of struggles and a lot of sacrifices, and I always like to talk about that because I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, you know, you you got yeah. fans that they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifices, the tears that it takes not just to get there yeah. but to get to any level in music. It's it's rough for artists, and I always like to talk about that because I, I just think it needs to be talked about more, and I'm going to tell a quick story to help lead us into where I want this to go. 
But back in 2014, we interviewed Alice and Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time, they were full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked Allison was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And I'll never forget what she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can see something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She said, because the day you want it to be a career, you no longer own your life. Everybody owns a piece of it. She goes, your friends and relatives, they never understand because they invite you to weddings, they invite you to cookouts, they invite you to weekends, they invite you to holidays. But you have gigs, especially at the very beginning. I mean, you're grinding. You, you, you just can't say no to gigs. And once you say yes to a gig, even though it's their wedding, you can't just say, okay, I can't do it. When there's 40, 50 people on the line that need you to be there. So uh-huh. you can't just say no to that, and friends and relatives don't understand that because it's not like a regular job to them. Then on top of that, you know, your family has to sacrifice around you, not just you, the artist. And then there's going to be yeah. days where you're mis- miserable, you're sick, you don't feel good, but you still got to get on that stage at night and smile like there's no tomorrow. But then she added, she says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that. Wow, I love that. I would 100% agree. You know, during quarantine, I tried to find other things to fill my time. Like like I said, I started doing baking and kind of just like driving around. And I didn't realize how much music is a part of me and how much I miss performing and no, being wow. able to share my experiences until I didn't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. It was it's such an incredible experience to be able to just do that for people. And I'm I miss it so much, and I'm so grateful I've been able to have this time to really find my soul and write more and really work on my craft, and I'm very, very blessed to have been able to do that because when you do mm-hmm. grind so you kind of forget the fundamentals and the kind of the stepping stones and oh, wow. the big grounds of, of theory or just how things work because you get caught up in like, okay, I just need to play the song to play the song. So I'm really grateful to have been able to do this again. That is really awesome, and and again, you know, I, re- you know, the the whole virus thing has really made people shake people up so much to where, like you said, mm-hmm. it's made you to remember the fundamentals, and I think that people, some people have forgotten that. Yeah, I'm very blessed to have been able to have quarantine to really just go because I would have been on the road, I wouldn't have been able to have this time. I definitely don't think I would have been the artist that I am today if I didn't have quarantine. <laughs> and you know there, was, there have been several artists that we've interviewed where they talked where they talked about that they that people always ask them when they come over why is there a suitcase in your living room and they're like I don't unpack it. That's <laughs> you know because they're always on the road they know that they're only going to be there at, back at their house maybe a day or two so they're like why unpack. I love that. <laughs> and then and, and of course several of them are like you know. When they thought we were going to be out two, three weeks, okay, not a big deal. And and then after about the three or four week mark, they're like freaking out. They were freaking because, uh, oh, now uh, what do I do with myself? I mean, all I've known is the road. Exactly. I would I would <clears throat> do that. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side, let's talk about the glory side that everybody sees. What are some moments where you look back on your career so far where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Oh, my gosh. 
so much. I got to play, like, on stage with Charlie, and he was amazing. And just, I would say for me, just having the fans, like, be so excited about just wanting to see me. Like, I, I remember this one show in Virginia. Oh, my gosh, I can never forget this. I have, so I, I got bullied at school, and that's in, in seventh grade, and that's kind of how I switched to music, and I kind of saved myself because, mm-hmm. because of music. Like, I probably would not be talking to you if it wasn't for that, and I oh, wow. uh, can remember, I when I was 18, I got this tattoo on my arm that says, remember who you are, because I wanted yeah. to remember if I got into that place again to remember why, like, who I am and where I came from and, like, the reasons why music is me. So I wrote this song mm-hmm. one song called Shine. And the hook of the song is my tattoo. It says, remember who you are and shine. And it's basically about, like, you're worth it. Anything that you do on this planet, like, you were put on this planet for a reason. And all you got to do is just shine through it. And you are all made to sparkle, basically, is what my song's about. Oh, and wow. I remember this show in Virginia where a guy heard it. Um, he heard it me playing live or came to another show or what. I don't know. But he came to the show and he showed me a picture of his arm, and he got the same tattoo as me on the same place of his arm because that song meant so much to him. Wow, I love that. Wow, because that's a special moment. But, oh my God, it made me cry. I was like, I don't need the stage or the fancy lights like, to be successful. Like making a difference in people's lives, literally, it made me mm-hmm. tear up. I was like, somebody thought <laughs> that that song meant so much to them to get it permanently on their arm, like I permanently got it on mine. Wow. And, and that's like Sandy. She went through some rough times when she was a teenager. She can tell you about real quick. Oh, yes. I went through a lot of bullying, junior high and, and high school, yeah. and I turned to music. Music is it definitely what pulled me out of that, what what got me through that time period, because music's so healing. It really is. is There's just something about it. It's just amazing. Oh, yes. I love that. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and play your song, Fire Me Up, and then talk about that. How's that sound? Cool. Right, hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Fire me 
great song. Love it. Great song. So tell us a little bit about that song and how that came to be. Wow. Um, let's see. So fire me up. Okay, back up. I am obsessed with <laughs> writing um, songs that have an emotion with something physical. So like more of an abstract idea such as love mm-hmm. to a concrete object such as fire. Because fire can mean warmth, it can mean destruction, and that is literally love. It can mean bad, and it can mean great things. So I Mm -hmm. love the idea of a song called Fire Me Up that literally had nothing to do with fire. Yeah, in the second verse, it had some (laughs) similes and metaphors towards fire, like hairspray in a flame. But Fire Me Up was more of, like, the idea of, like, being excited about something. So it's like, hey, like, I want to do this. Like, I'm in love with you. We have a great thing going, so fire me up, like – let's let's do this i'm excited about it i want to i want to go 100 percent in so it's more of a song about just being excited and how fire me up is mm-hmm. more of a metaphor just for just being being so pumped about whatever relationship you're in love that <clears throat> now one thing we like to do on our show is you know you know the fans they see the artists but they don't see the pr people or the managers or producers or even the co-writers yeah, they 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 don't see the team that makes the artists, and there's and the team is what makes the artists be who they are. So we always like exactly. to give the artists a chance to talk talk about the team because they don't never get a chance. So we want to be that show that gives them that chance. So if you're gonna take a few minutes just to tell us the team that makes you who you are. Oh my gosh, I have an incredible team. I have an awesome management team, um, an amazing agency. I have an amazing woman on my side who literally is so incredible. She is my ride or die. Um, I have an amazing group of musicians and people who believe in me, and amazing group of writers. Like I always believe in team sports. Like you can never do this on your own, and that is okay because I only know so much. And there are some amazing people who are going to help me out along the way, who are going to give me advice, mm-hmm. and going to be incredible and I just I just cannot let so what does your parents think of all this oh my gosh my parents are so supportive <laughs> they knew what I wanted to do this is what I wanted to do for so long and they were kind of prepared for me to move to Nashville mm-hmm. um, and so they packed to help me pack up my Jeep two days after graduation and moved me like oh, wow. they are in for love them to death but they're so amazing so tell us a parent story where as you were growing up and you were developing this passion, and of course I'm sure there's a thousand of these type, but tell us a story where they did something above and beyond that helped your career, and you were like, wow, they get this is my passion. Oh, my gosh. I, my parents let me skip is a very harsh word. Let me miss school <laughs> because I was so much. Like, oh, my wow. mom would be in the car with me for hours, driving me around, missing my – I have two uh-huh. younger brothers. Missing my younger brothers, soccer games, and all of this stuff to make sure that I was at my show on time. And wow. I was so much – I good. My school was so supportive, too. They were like, Maggie, if oh, you wow. have a good grade, your GPA is up, you can skip school and do whatever you want <laughs> as long as you're great. And they were, and I literally was the most – I missed the most absences senior year because I was in Nashville and touring so much. <laughs> and, you know, that's the way, to be honest, I wish school was because, you know, as long as you're keeping your grades up, there should be some flexibility there. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, 
that may change now because of the whole Zoom stuff. Because I, I seen a meme on Facebook um, yesterday, and I thought this was so so slick and it's so true. But it talked about that well, there'll be no more school, there'll be no more snow days now for people up north. Because now they know that they can just zoom in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this whole virus may have caused the, the people to say, you know what? When it's snowing, you might not can't get to school, but we can still bring school to you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing we like to do on our show, too, is we have a team also, a kind of a third a third co-host, our little eight-year-old. We do. And we, mm-hmm. and we always let him come on and ask one question to each artist. So Sandy's going to get him on real quick. Question. Yeah. And, we, and we've got an 18-month-old daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her in. Maggie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's She's Christopher with his question. He is ready. I like what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Oh my gosh! I think I had pizza in my fridge that I'm going to eat after this. <laughs> and what's what your favorite? Yep. Pizza. Yes, we're we're the same person. <laughs> He lo- he loves it when people like it the same one he does. Yes, he does. Bye, Dave. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he comes and goes quick, but it's funny. He's probably the best host because he comes, makes his point, and leaves. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and and he and I guess he makes a good enough point because there are many times that we're listening to or watching a um, Facebook live that an artist that's come on our show um, is doing. And many times when they're, if they end up mentioning our show, they'll mention, they always mention him and we're like, okay, he's our secret weapon. <laughs> that's awesome. He's so sweet. He was so cute. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? And what would you want to write about? Oh my gosh. I have no idea. There are so many incredible writers. I've never <laughs> been asked that. Gosh, I don't know. Every I would want to write with every single person here in Asheville, <laughs> everyone. Yeah, because they're all good, right? They're <laughs> so great. That's one thing we've learned about Nashville. I've got a friend of mine that was that his advice to people is to build that base before you move to Nashville because he said be, because when people move to Nashville – they're in for a shock because you're going to find he, – he, he said, I don't care how good you are. There's going to be at least one person on every corner that's better than you. And he said, if, if you don't have that support system to help you get through those emotions when you first realize that, you'll never make it through here. I agree. <clears throat> so – but – um. But, of course, Nashville is definitely the place for – if you're going to – especially if you're going to be a singer-songwriter – and you're in country, it's got to be Nashville or Texas. I mean, that's just what you got to do. Yeah. Because Texas is definitely, you know, Nashville is still the place, but Texas really is trying to be that next Nashville, I think. They are. I love so many Texas artists. (laughs) 
so, and there's probably a thousand. This is probably another question where you you could have a thousand answers. But think about the first thing that pops in your head when I ask this: What is a song out there that you've heard and you thought, "I wish I wrote that." Pause never die. Oh, yeah, that's I love be. that. Yes. <clears throat> that that's a yeah. re- really powerful one. Oh my it God! Is. I I hope you dance by Lean Wilmot. God bless Broken Road by Rascal Flatts. <laughs> oh, great! And those are good ones too. All, all awesome. I love, 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 love those. <clears throat> so, what's a song of yours that means the most, and why? Wow. Um. Gosh, I don't know. I always think I obsess over the last song I wrote just because I think it's my uh-huh. better one. And it's like my new baby, no one's heard it yet. Yeah. I have one that people who have only come out to my shows will know. It's called Drinking to the Broken Hearts. And I'm so proud of that song. Like, it's probably one of my favorite mm-hmm. songs ever. And obviously, I've written a lot more songs since then. And I love all of those, too. But um, I would yeah. say that was the first time I ever really was like, okay, you know what? Like, I can write more in depth songs and just kind of please everyone else. And I can write from my heart and write what I want. And that is just equally as good enough. And, you know, I remember advice that we were given when you – because you're talking about the being right what you want. I love that because um, I remember the advice we were given before we launched this show. A friend of mine from Nashville, I asked asked him what advice would he give us to be better hosts and all that. And I think this goes for indie industry, but it it specifically works for if you're a host, if you're an artist, doesn't matter. But I remember him telling us, he says, "Be and stay authentic." He said, "He said because you might because he, he knows we like Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley." He says, "You might can tell every Bobby Bones joke or every Ty Bentley joke, and maybe you're even good at that. You know, who knows? You might de- develop an audience based on some of their personalities." He says, "But the day will come when authentic Chris comes out." So there's no. He said it could be a day, it could be a year, doesn't matter. It's going to happen. And when that happens, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. And and if you if you just stay authentic from the beginning, it says your show may grow slower, but you'll gain the right it. audience in the meantime. I think that's awesome advice. <laughs> and I think that's for artists and all that because I think sometimes you know they want so bad to get signed to a label. And label says, if you do this, 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 and they're like, you know, I really feel like that's selling out. You know what? I'll do it. And then they sell out yeah. to who they are. I agree and I that. really believe a part of it, and I really believe a part of why so much drugs and alcohol happens within the entertainment industry is, of course, it's easy accessible in that industry. But I think a part of it has to do with they know deep down they've sold out. So they're masking yeah. it with all the mother stuff. I agree on that. So this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story because I want artists to think about this answer before I ask them that question because I'm, of course, going to ask you that same question. But the answer she gave us back five years ago was is almost to the T of what she's living right now. Kelsey knew exactly where she was going. So, where knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? 
I just want to be able to be have my music being played and listened to by as many people as possible. Whether I'm performing, which I really hope I am touring the country and playing music all over mm-hmm. the world, but I just want my music and my voice and my experiences and me to be heard around to as many yeah. people as possible. <clears throat> Love that. Now, let's say that we look 10, 15 years down the road and you're a success on whatever level that is, you know, whatever that yeah. looks like. You're a, you're a success. If the person you are today could meet your future self, what would you tell her? Uh, that I hope she still makes her bed because I don't do that right now. I love that one. I've never never gotten that one on right. the show, but that's a good one. Yes. That <laughs> I hope she finally learned how to make her bed. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Um, so let's say you had a friend of yours, and you heard him or her sing, and they definitely got something special there. There's definitely something yeah. there. They got that it factor. And let's say they've played maybe – 40, 50 shows. So they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist talks about, that stage bug, where they look over the crowd, and the crowd roars at them, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Maggie, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? See, when I was 12 years old and I first started writing songs, I never forget, I was given a deep advice from a girl named Caroline mm-hmm. Cole, who's 15 or 16 at the time, and she signed with Sony, and she was on tour with Reba McIntyre, and I literally remember oh, the well. advice she gave. She said, Maggie, play anywhere and everywhere you can because you never know who's watching. And literally ever since that day, that is what has been my motto, and you can look up every single <laughs> interview I've ever done. That would be that is my advice that I've given since the day I got it. And that's really good advice. I love that. Kind of like what we're doing on the show. We're t- you know, it's like we're doing so many shows that we don't yeah. you know. Eventually, the bigger artists and their people will be watching. And I think because of that, we actually got Randy Travis coming on Saturday. Hell yeah, that's incredible! Congrats. <laughs> and, so and, and the crazy thing that. is, you. you know, tomorrow. Tomorrow we got um, Kristen Bush, who's half of Sugarland, coming on. Yeah, Kristen's great. And then Dina Carter on Friday. She's awesome. Which then leads us, right, of course, right to Randy Travis. We're a little nervous on that one. <laughs> we are. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, we got a couple more questions, and we'll let you get back to doing what you're doing. So. So as an independent artist, I'm sure you have other friends that are also chasing the same crazy dream like you are. Who are a few – who are one or two artists that people should know about? Oh, my gosh. I have so many incredible, talented friends. Like, it's insane how many amazing people <laughs> there are in Nashville. Oh, my gosh. I could, I could literally go on every, for hours talking about the incredible people in Nashville. <laughs> Like, there's so many hidden talents and so many gems. It's it's insane. I would say for yeah. anybody, if you see a hidden gem, go to any single bar or any single songwriter around in Nashville. Come to Nashville for a week and, and understand these <laughs> people's experience. And go to mm-hmm. every single songwriter you possibly can because you will find a gem. I love that. <clears throat> so as we come down to our final question here, 
what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Oh, my goodness. You ask fantastic questions. So this is like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know there was going to be text. <laughs> well, that's what we like to hear because, again, we've built our show to get parts of the story out of people because we, we don't want just about music. We want, mm-hmm. you know, again, our tagline is up close and personal because we want to get personal with people. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. If... I have no idea. Like, this, I, oh, my gosh. You, like, threw me for a loop. I'm, like, speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we really love that, and you know, yes, because that's the you know I can remember one of the questions was asked. Um, I guess about a hundred episodes back, we did a interview with a girl named Francelle, and I remember when I asked her that question, she, she said, "I just wish so people would ask me what's quirky about me." And you know, that's been in every episode. So yep, we we love that question so much. We love it. We've gotten the best <laughs> answers to that question. I'm I'm thinking Fieldy, you know, like I'm 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 sorry, I'm such a cheese ball. Like, love Fieldy, love Fieldy. Like, um, what's what's funny about that question though is when I ask what's quirky, with a guy I ask what's unusual because I'm not going to ask a guy what's quirky about him. (laughs) (laughs) No. Let's see. If you okay, if you do music every single day for the rest of your life and you look back, would you ever regret or take back a single day? I would say one hundred percent no. Love that. And you know, Love and it. part of one of the questions I usually ask and I can go on and ask this because it kinda of, kinda of goes into that saying what you're saying there, is what is the message? And we'll end with this. What is the message that you want to portray through your music? That you're not alone, and there are a million people going through the same you're going through, and all you have to do is reach out to somebody, have a good time, go to a concert, forget about it, because you are not alone. There's probably somebody in the audience that is going through the same exact thing as you. So I never want people to ever feel like they're by themselves, which is totally easy. I love that. You know, that's a great way to end this. If you want to tell people how they can reach you, that would be great. You can reach me on all social media platforms. Um, Instagram, I'm Maggie underscore Baugh, B-A-U-G-H. I'm on Facebook, um, Snapchat, everywhere, iTunes, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, like that single, you can go check it out on Spotify. Um, it's called Finding Me Up. So I'll see you guys next time. Chris, Sandy, thank you so much for inviting me. This made my quarantine. <laughs> well, we look, you know, again, you know, we really enjoyed having you on today. We definitely look forward we to having did. you back down the road. Aw. Yes. Well, I hope to and you have soon. a hope we can yeah, we'll, be, we'll be in Nashville soon, so we'll have to definitely meet up. Yeah, oh, for sure. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.